Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henry. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. So we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit and uh, we, it's our desire as we've been in this series for you to experience uh, a very real and a very dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit because what I have found in my own personal life, I mean, I grew up in the first church that I was saved in, the Holy Spirit was mentioned, but it was just kind of assumed, was never talked about, was never really believed in. I didn't know who he was. And I find that's true of an awful lot of Christians, and yet that is not true of what the Bible would say, nor of early Christianity. And, and so I think one of the subjects that the church is most ignorant on today is the subject of the Holy Spirit. And I think the devil does it on purpose because that takes our power away. And what we know of the Holy Spirit, um, oftentimes people do so in such strange ways that people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been unpacking all that. So listen, we can have all that this Holy Spirit has for us and know that it's totally with the nature of Jesus. So we have nothing to fear. And it's a beautiful, good thing. If you love Jesus and his beauty and his goodness and his life, man, you, you, you love the Holy Spirit. They're the same. So um, we've been pressing into that. And last week, we made a shift into the spiritual gifts, and this morning, our text will begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, and our subject is the utterance of wisdom, the utterance of wisdom, which is the first spiritual gift that's listed in Paul's list here. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm always the last one there to give you time. Verse 7, it begins. To each, that is to every believer, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, he will manifest in your life, in my life, and he will manifest in different ways. And we've talked about how the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is distinctly different from the Holy Spirit overflowing out of you. And so we spent a lot of time talking about that indwelling work of the Holy Spirit, his work in the believer's lives. And so now we're going into the overflowing work of the Holy Spirit, what he does through us for the benefit of others. And so the spiritual gifts are an overflow of the Spirit into your life for the common good, for the profit of everyone else for the benefit of the church. Verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit 
the utterance of wisdom. Now, literally in the Greek, that phrase, the utterance of wisdom, is logos sophios. And the Greek word logos simply means a word or a thing uttered, that is, it is spoken out. And so some translators translate this, and it's a perfectly good translation, the word of wisdom. And so the point is this. It is outwardly spoken. It is outwardly demonstrated. It's not just a thought. And so verse 8 again. For to one is given through the Spirit the, the utterance or the word of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Now, it's important to note that there is a difference between the utterance of wisdom and the utterance of knowledge. And it is similar to the same difference between just wisdom and knowledge. And, and the gifts are different than just wisdom and knowledge. But we, we know that knowledge is the accumulation of facts and wisdom is the proper use of those facts. And so there's a difference. And this morning, we are going to focus on the first one, and that is the utterance of wisdom, and then we'll unpack knowledge next week. And so, first part of verse 8 again, just for clarity. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Now, when we're thinking about the gift of the utterance of wisdom, it is not a, a reservoir of wisdom that you have, that you become this guru of wisdom so that people come to you and ask and you just, you know, flow forth all this wisdom that you possess upon whatever question is presented to you. That, that is not how this gift operates. Rather, it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you and is exercised through you when a difficult issue or a difficult decision needs to be made. Because remember last week I made this point that, you know, we, we don't possess the gifts per se. They are repeatedly given to us by the Holy Spirit. And so this gift of wisdom comes upon us for a situation that is at hand. It's, it's wrong to think that we just have this, this gift sits inside of us and we have this reservoir that we can tap at will. That, that's not how it, it works. Now, I would say this as well, that oftentimes we are unaware that this gift is operative in our lives. We don't quite 
know it, that, that it's actually the gift of utterance that is flowing through us. For example, back in the very early days of our church, we were, we were in a, a very difficult meeting. We had a lot of wolves in the church, and Dave Kreisan and I were sitting on stools in front of the congregation, number one, showing that we didn't have anything to hide, number two, trying to flesh out those who were hiding in the darkness. And before this meeting, there, there was a, a meeting beforehand to set traps for this meeting. They had it all prepared, how, how they were going to get us, you know, and un, unbeknownst to us. But in that meeting, the Lord was with us, and he was with us in a very powerful way. And, and I watched in amazement how the Holy Spirit came upon Dave Kryzon and gave him an utterance of wisdom that, listen, shifted that entire meeting. And it was interesting, those who had prepared their case against us, the ringleader, I watched as they closed their briefcase and slid it under their chair because Dave had just obliterated whatever their plan was. Now, here's the deal. Dave didn't have a clue. He didn't have a clue. He was just sharing what the Lord had put on his heart in that moment. And, and, and listen, I, I told him afterwards, I'm like, do did you know what just happened? <laughs> I mean, and, and I will never, ever forget that day I've told him that. It's just such a crystal clear example of the gift of utterance coming upon someone. It was not him speaking in that moment, but he doesn't remember it. <laughs> I mean, he knows he spoke. And so sometimes we're, we're quite unaware that it's even happening because somehow we, we get this idea that supernatural things can only be revealed in supernatural ways. And listen, they will, and when they are, they are obvious, right? Easy to see. But it is also true, and we can't miss this. It is also true that supernatural things can be done in very natural ways. And so we can fail to discern or see that, that God does do supernatural things, sometimes in a way that, that feels very natural to us, and we may not even be aware that, that God is using us. Now, as I look back over my life, I mean, I've, I've seen God lead me in both ways. I, God has done very big things, very super obvious, supernatural things, no doubt about it, easy to see. Nobody can deny. But there have been other times where at the moment or at that time, I was quite unaware that that was the gift of utterance being spoken to me in that moment. For example, Vicki and I, 
early on in our ministry, we were the volunteer youth leaders in our church in Utah. And during this time, I, I think I've told you before, if you've been here in a marriage series, as the romantic guy I was, I took my wife on vacation to seminaries to, to romance her. <laughs> but we were in our pastor's living room and talking about the calling of God, talking about you know my desire, my sense that God's hand was leading me and you know, thinking about going to seminary, all these sorts of things, and if that's the right path, you know, all the questions that, that you have. And as we sat in his living room, he, he talked to us about going to grace, and, but then he spoke a word to us, and listen, it wasn't just a word, it was an emphatic word. And his emphatic word was this. He made us promise that we would go to grace on the time that we had scheduled and that we would not go for any reason whatsoever. And he made us promise three times that there would be nothing that would prevent us from not going on that calendar date. And so we, we said, you know, sure. And we kind of left thinking, well, he, he doesn't want us to flake out on this thing. You know, he wants us to commit to go. You know, he must think we're young people, you know, <laughs> we're flaky. Well, it happened as that day came that we were supposed to leave, our car broke down. As we're thinking about how we're going to do that, the phone rings and it's the university telling Vicki that she is not going to graduate and get her college degree because she's a half a, half a PE credit short. <laughs> and there was a multitude of other things that happened that I won't go into for the sake of time. But we kind of looked at each other and said, man, there's, these are just kind of major things. You know, we can't put off dealing with this thing with the university. You, I mean, graduation has deadlines and, you know, we, we got to take care of these things. We, we can't go. And then the Holy Spirit brought to our remembrance that promise that we made to our pastor in his living room. And listen, if he would not have spoken that word that demanded our promise, we would have not gone. Now listen, on that trip, we saw the supernatural provision of God. My, my seminary was paid for free, free and clear, absolutely free. Many other things, I've told this story a few things. I, there's much more to it. We saw the supernatural provision of God. We saw doors open that only God could open. Now, I also told you 
that I would share with you some of my experiences in the Holy Spirit. And in addition to ultimately going to Grace, at Grace Seminary is where I experienced the most powerful baptism of the Holy Spirit that I've ever had. Now, I'd experienced them before, but nothing like that. So while I was at Grace Seminary, I was just in a Bible study of the church that we were going to, just a normal Bible study. And I'm sitting there in that Bible study, and the power of God fell upon me. And listen, it took every bit of my strength not to manifest what was happening to me. Because number one, I didn't know what was happening to me. And number two, I I was embarrassed. I, I didn't want anybody to see what was happening to me. And it took me a few years to even know what happened until I began my own journey of discovering who the Holy Spirit was because at the time, I didn't have the understanding of who the Holy Spirit was and what what it was that was actually going on there. But two immediate things happened in that moment. There were more. But two immediate things happened, and the first one was this. I was delivered from every demonic stronghold in my life right at that moment. I can't even explain to you the power surge that went through my body. It, I, I, I can't explain it to you. The second thing that happened is that the Holy Spirit imparted gifts to me, and I'll I'll unpack those as we go through the gifts, but one of them that I noticed right away is all of a sudden when I am reading God's Word, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and giving me insights and connecting dots for me that I could never see before. And, And so the Holy Spirit gave me at this time the gift of teaching. Where and, and I can tell you to this day if I'm studying in my intellect or if I'm studying in the spirit. I know the difference. So the utterance of wisdom along with that, there have been times where I've been filled with the spirit and God has given me a word and it, I'm absolutely clear. It's supernatural. It is one of those download from heaven. Yeah, it's obvious. I know exactly what I'm supposed to say. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Those haven't been a lot. I wish it was always that way. <laughs> it would make life a lot easier. <laughs> Other times, I'm not really aware until after the fact. I, I don't know that that's what God is doing until people tell me later. You know, sometimes people will, will email me and I'm like, oh Lord, man, that was the utterance of wisdom. I had no idea that I was speaking to that person at that moment. Or I've had people email me and say, listen, the Lord healed me as you ministered to me. And again, totally unaware that God was doing that in that moment. Didn't know. 
Other times, um, well, let me give you one other example of the utterance of wisdom gifts, sort of. Okay, this is, there's a twist. (laughs) There's another meeting, another critical meeting in our church, and I've had way too many of these. (laughs) Another meeting where I was, you know, seeking to bring unity, seeking to bring truth to, to a meeting, and and some people had, had the pre-meeting and they had an agenda how they were going to blow me out of the water and that sort of thing, again, unbeknownst to me. But on my side of the things, you know, I'd prayed, I'd fasted, seeking what the Lord's will was. You know, I kind of wrote out some thoughts on my little 8 by 11 legal pad, yellow one, that's what I like. I'm old school. So, you know, I had my prepared remarks, and I went to the meeting, and, you know, I thanked everyone for being there, and, you know, um, began my prayer, and invited God to be a part of the meeting, and, and then I got ready to share my remarks, and the Holy Spirit grabbed my tongue. I literally could not speak. And so in that kind of awkward, quiet moment for a minute, in my head I'm like, I can't talk, and immediately on that thought of, I I can't talk, boom, someone else in the circle began to share from their heart. And the majority of the people in that circle, the circle had about 20 people in it. The majority of the people in that circle were moved and the spirit, they received what that person had to say. After the meeting concluded, one of the persons who had a disagreement with me or whatever and ultimately led the church, pulled me over into the corner to let me know. He just pulled me over and he said, hey, I don't know how you got so lucky not to talk, man, because we all had it pre-planned how we were going to blow you out of the water. And I I said to the Lord, uh, well, that hurts, (laughs) but... uh, And I I said, well, Lord, you know, I've heard of the gift of utterance but I thank you for the gift of muzzling. (laughs) Thank thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Thank you, Lord, for protecting our church. You're so good, Lord. Thank you. You know, sometimes you can be so much in the grind of life and the grind of ministry. Sometimes you just have to look back. And, And as you look back on you know, whatever pace you've been on, you can look back and, and the Holy Spirit will whisper to you and go, yep, that was me. And then you can go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you're so good. I was just running. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for being with me. Thank you for using me. Even when I was unaware that that's what you were doing. The utterance of wisdom. Well, I I could give you many more examples. 
of how the Lord has led us in the strategic planning of this church, giving us decisions, guiding our decisions when we didn't have all the facts. No way we would have made the right decision on our own. Praise God that he made the decisions for us because we're not that smart, at least I'm not. But this is what I want you to hear, bottom line. God has been good to us, church. And God has been faithful. And most importantly, what I want you to understand is that God will be good to you. And God will be faithful to you. And God wants to use his gifts in you. He wants to bless and use you. All those examples are for you to know that God wants to do the same through you. This is, this, this is an all play. <laughs> Jesus wants to manifest himself through all of us. Turn to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. This might be something you've never seen before. Hope it's a good word for some of you. Exodus chapter 28. Verse 3. It begins, you, that is, God is talking to Moses here about building the tabernacle. And this is actually in this passage, this is actually the first mention in the Bible of the gift of wisdom. You shall speak to all the skillful whom I have filled with a spirit of skill that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. Now that word skillful or skill in the Hebrew is the word hakam. It literally means wisdom. Now here's the different thing. When you are using that word to apply to a technical work, it is then translated skillful. But it's the same word. It's the same gift. And so the point is, it is wisdom demonstrated. It is the word demonstrated in the production and the product that is produced. And so I hope that might be a good word for some of you. That listen, the Holy Spirit can impart to you the gift of wisdom, the, the gift of skills, a supernatural skill, the spirit of skill to be a designer, to be a metal worker, to be a craftsman, whatever. Turn to Exodus 35. It talks about it again. Exodus 35. 
verses 30 through 35. Exodus 35, verses 30 through 35. Now, I prayed this passage over my son, Keegan, when he came on staff, and I prayed that the Lord would give him these gifts, and this is a gift that he has, and he manifests it for the benefit of Grace Chapel all the time. And so I prayed through this scripture, I prayed over it him, I prayed it a long time, and he either received that gift at that time or beforehand, I have no idea, I don't know. He never told me about any bells and whistles he heard when I prayed over him, so you'd have to ask him. I just subsequently began to clearly see it manifest in his life. But ultimately, my encouragement to you with that is that you would pray it for yourself or that you would pray it for your sons and daughters, especially if you have any kind of vocation where this specifically applies to, that you can actually bring the supernatural favor of God upon that whole thing. Verse 30. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God. With skill, there is that Hebrew word hakam, the, the gift of wisdom, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and, and carving wood for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Oliab, the son of Ahizmach of the tribe of Dan. And he has filled them with skill, that is the gift of wisdom, to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Turn to Isaiah chapter 11. Hopefully you can find it if, since we started there, right? Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Obviously, I'm not pointing out every biblical use of the utterance of wisdom. There's many Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 2. This is actually speaking about Jesus. It says this. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its, his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of of the Lord. Well, the question comes, how was the word of wisdom or the utterance of wisdom manifested in the life of Christ? Well, if you read the Gospels, you see it everywhere, but probably a classic example that I like is found in Mark 12. You don't have to turn there. I'll just tell you the story. But in Mark 12, 
we see a very common story, and that is the Pharisees are getting together to see how they can trap Jesus with what he's saying so that they can turn the hearts of the people against him. And in Mark chapter 12, they've been, they've been thinking up a trap, and they, they think they got a humdinger. They, they, they think they got a winner on the line that's going to work. And so they start thinking, and they say, you know, I, I think we got the right question, and the question was this. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? And the reason they thought that that was a great question, because they knew, listen, if Jesus says yes, then the Jews are going to hate him. He's going to lose his popularity because the Jews hated to pay taxes to Caesar. It was a sore spot with them. You still feel it from the 15th, right? (laughs) But if he says no, then listen, we'll just tell the Roman government he'll be leading a tax revolt and they'll throw him in prison. So yes or no, we got him. And so they go find Jesus. Crowds gathered. They enter in to talk to Jesus. And so, of course, this is how they begin. You know, Jesus, we know you're a straight shooter, right? We know you always tell the truth, Jesus. Jesus, you're no respecter of persons. Hey, we just want to know, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus responded, you know, you got a coin? took their coin and he asked whose image is on it and they said Caesar and he flipped it back to him and said give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what belongs to God the utterance of wisdom so good so perfect shut him down turn to Acts chapter 6. And we'll conclude there. I won't make you turn anywhere else. Acts chapter 6. Verses 8 through 10. Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. Verse 8. And Stephen, now... We are going to read about the utterance of wisdom in Stephen's life. And the reason that I wanted to bring us to this example is because Stephen was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't an apostle. And yet, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And my point is this. You can be too. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Verse 9. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Isn't it interesting how groups always call themselves the opposite of what they are? (laughs) And of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. 
And so the utterance of wisdom, they were not able to refute what Stephen was saying because he was speaking by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.1, by the way, they didn't receive what he was saying. They stoned him. But they couldn't argue with what he was saying. Just because you speak an utterance of wisdom doesn't mean it's always followed. Just want to make that clear. But 1 Corinthians 14.1 tells us to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That's what God tells us to do. And so listen, let's, let's do that, right? Let, let's do that as we continue in this part of the series. Let's, let's ask God, let's pursue, let's, let's experience all that God wants to give us and do through us. And, and listen, I don't know what that is, and, and I don't want to put any box in God of what he wants to do. I hope he does far beyond what we can dream or imagine. And so let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.